Your Bucket List Buster Travel Show helps you make your bucket list dreams come true. Host Karen Duncan spent decades running a travel business. She, along with other industry experts, share their knowledge, travel story, and wisdom about how to travel, where to travel, and how to have a stress-free adventure. Tune in weekly and give yourself permission to focus on yourself. Create lifelong memories with family and friends. And finally, learn to relax, rejuvenate, and reconnect. Welcome to your Bucket List Buster. Aloha, buenos dias, ni hao, yahate, bula, guten tag, bonjour, jambo, boa tarde, everything iry, and good afternoon. Welcome. I'm your bucket list buster, and I hope you're having a fantastic day. My thoughts for the week. It's been kind of a weird one this past week. We're coming up on a holiday, and um, people are really starting to think about summer and what they're going to do, where they want to go, and putting kids in camp and all that good stuff. I'm thinking about activities myself and trying to figure out what my schedule is. I've been um, planning my next adventure, um, trying to figure out when I'm going to get there and how I'm going to get there. I've got some exciting things going on in our family. Our daughter just got her dream job with Southwest Airlines, and we're very excited. But that just means that mom and dad have to go to Miami for a little while, which is where she's she's stationed right now, to help take care of our grandkitty while she's going through training. So in the meantime, you know, I'm always multitasking. I thought that um, we would go check on the cat and then just do a little island hopping over in the Bahamas is what I think we're going to do really, really soon. So things are getting really interesting with some of our clients who are beginning to book their travel right now. More and more people are looking at their activities um, and how those activities um, can immerse them into the culture of a destination. Some of the things they're talking about are volunteerism, cycling, foodies, scuba diving, snorkeling, even zip lining and water rafting and fishing. These are activities that are, indic- are indicative of the destination you go to. For instance, you wouldn't go to Germany and anticipate deep sea fishing. You'd think of beer gardens and the Autobahn, museums. So your activities are based on where you are. I recently bought a bike. I think we've been talking about that um, in the past few weeks, and we have an exciting guest that has inspired me today to do this. And I've been thinking of trying to ride for some months now. As I get more mature, I'm trying to find activities that I can continuously do forever and especially when I travel. It's become very interesting to see what people are actually out there doing as I try to assess what I wanted to do in in my upcoming years of life. Some people are riding motorcycles all over the world. I could do that. I, I really would like to ride a motorcycle. Um, my husband's not too excited about me trying to trying this activity, but I would. Some are skydiving. That's not one I will ever do unless I have to. 
Mountain climbing is not on my list, nor is bungee jumping. But there are a lot of people that are out there to do that. I'm a bit less fearless, or should I say I'm more fearful. I've had moments of abandonment, like when we went to Jamaica on our honeymoon almost 16 years ago, and we did a swinging rope um, little adventure over the Caribbean Sea from a cliff. And then I decided to do the slide off that same cliff, not realizing that it was a 30-foot drop. Now, initially, you're suspended in air long enough to say, okay, what the heck have I done before I actually dropped? I still had children at home at the time, preteens and teenagers, and my new husband banned me from ever doing any of those type of activities again while he was going to be responsible for the kids. It was quite funny at the time, and it still is kind of funny, but I've had no desire to do that type of thing again because what I didn't tell you was when I landed, I didn't land very pretty, and I had the largest purple and green bruise on the back of my leg I could have had, which didn't fit with the... um the colors of my swimming suit that I was wearing on the beach at that time. Typically, I'm a beach dweller. I do like to go to museums. I do like to take local tours of the destination so that I can meet the people, eat at local restaurants, or many of them, and of course, have the local wine or booze that the area is known for. But I've been wondering about what else I could do to get some exercise and have a little more adventure while I'm traveling. Cycling seems to be one of those activities like hiking or walking tours. You can still see everything there is to see of interest in a destination. You can stop along the way, take time for shopping, eating, even drinking a bit. I think if I get some training and build some stamina, this will be a great activity for me to add to my itinerary when I go on a trip. I'm looking forward to trying this very soon. Now the question is, can I get my number one traveling companion to join me in this activity? Would it be, wouldn't it be more fun with the one I love than by myself? Well, I'll find me a bike tour on my next trip so that I can get started with my new adventure. I'm gonna start preparing for that. And since you know I'm headed to the Bahamas, I'm going to see if I can't get some riding in so that I can take a short ride while I'm there. Thanks to Russ Hofer, a bike tour finder, for encouraging me through, my, through our conversation to get it going. Um, I really did get inspired after, after saying that I was going to do it over and over and I had not done it. It was after talking to, to Russ that I went out and actually bought two bicycles I didn't spend a lot of money on them because I wasn't sure if there was something that I was interested in. So I didn't want to invest a lot necessarily at first. So I'm going to um, ride those less expensive bikes to start. But I did find a couple of sites. Of course, there's Bike Tour Finder that um, Russ has created. And then there's a couple of other, Adventure Cycling Association of North America, Planning Your Own European Bicycle Tour, Spice Roads in Asia, TDA Global Cycling in Africa, Duvine Adventures in South America, and Cycling Tours Australia and New Zealand.
maybe this is how I'll plan my vacations from from now on. I'll just plan on finding a place that I'd like to go cycling. Well, today we have some great guests, super exciting bits of life-saving travel tips from Dave Dean of Too Many Adapters. He'll talk about us having some apps on our devices for emergencies. Um, some kind of some of the ideas are offline apps for our next trip that we can use in case we need them. And then we have Russ Hofer of Bike Finder Tours to discuss what I was just talking about, finding great bike tours around the world. He's already inspired me, and I hope that he can inspire you to do the same. We're going to take a break, and when, when we get back, we'll talk to Dave Dean with Too Many Adapters. And he's going to talk to us about apps for emergencies while traveling and 25 great offline apps for your next trip. This is your Bucket List Buster. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. Are you ready to rise up and share all your greatness to the world? Stop playing small and settling for mediocrity? If so, then you need to join us at our eWomen Network Entrepreneur Conference and Business Expo in Dallas this year, August 3rd through the 5th. There will be hundreds of women entrepreneurs from all over the world waiting to meet you to share knowledge, wisdom, and even partnerships. Get ready to be coached by me and learn from other multi-million dollar speakers who will teach, inspire, motivate, and guide you to transform your thinking from small to big. And you can't beat the food and fun at our Saturday night dance party either. Look, no one makes it alone, so it's time to stop trying to be the COE, chief of everything, and step into your role as CEO. There is nothing like the eWomen Network Conference to bring out your genius and help you take action on living your dream. Register at eWomenNetwork.com. You're listening to Your Bucket List Buster on eWomen Network, Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back to Your Bucket List Buster. I currently have with us today Dave Dean with Too Many Adapters, and he's going to be part of our um, travel tip episode um, that's going to talk about apps for emergencies while traveling and 25 great offline apps for your next trip. I thought this would be great. Dave, are you there? I am. I'm right here. Thank you so much for joining us today on the show. And so tell me a little bit about how you got started with Too Many Adapters. How did that come about? Well, I have had a travel addiction for about as long as I can remember. Um, <laughs> and I was trying to juggle that with a career working in corporate IT and technology, which I did moderately successfully for a while. Uh, but then I decided that really something was going to have to give either the travel or the or the career. Um, and rightly or wrongly, I decided the career had to go and the uh, the travel had to win. Um, but there had to be a way to fund that. Uh, and so I founded this website called Too Many Adapters, uh, which is basically a combination of the two things I know and care about the most, which is technology and travel. And I've been doing that now for ooh, about five years as I travel around the globe and uh, still going. 
That's amazing. That and that's called finding your passion and finding a way to make it work for you. That's what that's <laughs> what this is all about. That's that's good. So you're currently in Portugal, right? I am currently in Portugal in the capital city of Lisbon. And nice. uh, it's 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 a lovely afternoon here as I speak to you. Sun's shining and uh, all is good. Well, it's it's I'm in Austin, Texas and it's cloudy and we're supposed to have rain, so I'd much rather be in Portugal today. <laughs> Understandable. <laughs> so let's talk about some of these apps that you, you've created them, correct? Uh, no, no, I haven't created them. I've just discovered them. Um, oh, I basically, um, it's, it's one of the things I, I tend to do is sort of try to track down the the best apps or the best gadgets or the best way of doing a certain task uh, for travelers when it comes to technology, because although there's there's a lot of stuff out there, but not all of it's particularly good. So right. I try to find a few things that are really worth using and uh, tell people all about them. Okay, so let's talk about apps for emergencies. What have you discovered out there that we that our travelers need to know about? <laughs> Well, there's all, there's all sorts of things, and it depends a little bit on the on the type of emergency. Um, and obviously, you know, emergency differs by by person as well. I mean, one person's right. emergency is another person's inconvenience, uh, and vice versa. Um, but you know, there's a few things that are really um, you know pretty common problems when you travel. Uh, things like you know, the hotel loses your booking, or your right. gets delayed or cancelled, or you know, those sorts of things that happens far too often um, and it can really cause a problem you know if you turn up in a new city after a long flight and you're exhausted and it's the middle of the night and you arrive in your hotel and you're like oh there's no room here yeah uh, you know that, that that's a bit of an issue and sometimes they can help you and sometimes they can't or they won't um, and so if you, you know there's a few apps that I always have uh, which which really give me a hand in this sort of situation um, Probably the first one I have is a, it's reasonably, I guess somewhat well known, I guess, um, and it's called uh, uh, Hotels Tonight, uh, Hotels Tonight. And um, it's basically a way of finding uh, a very last minute place to stay when you're in trouble, essentially. Well, not only when you're in trouble, obviously, but uh, right. when you... When things haven't gone as planned. When things haven't gone as planned, or you're the kind of person who likes to wing it, or whatever, mm -hmm, but um, mm -hmm. as the name suggests, you know, hotel tonight finds you a hotel tonight, uh, and it's got a website, it's got you know, apps for pretty much all devices, um, and it shows okay. you the useful, the useful thing about it is by default it shows you hotels near where you are right now. Okay. Um, and so that's great because that's usually what you want, uh, and you know they have deals and they have you know, whatever, but. Yeah, the key thing is it, it tracks down what's available right now in your general area uh, and gives you directions on how to get there. You can book things really quickly and yeah, and then find your way there with a minimum of, of hassle. So that, that's something I always have on my phone just in case the worst happens. And that's um, and that's universal throughout the un, throughout the world, or is it? It's a global thing. Yeah, it's okay. a global thing. It started in the it started in the US. Uh, it's definitely available in the US, Europe, Australia, um, and you know, other places as well. So, um, okay. Yeah, always always worth having if you're going to a relatively popular um, you know, travel destination. And um, let me ask. Let me ask a. Let me ask a. Let me ask a technical question since we're talking about that. So, because I'm technically challenged, 
So when you have, when you have to, um, when you're, would this be considered roaming if I were to use this app on my phone or how would I go about, I'd have to have Wi-Fi through some system yeah, or so something? It, it depends on your situation. Um, there are various ways of getting online. Um, presuming that you're overseas, obviously, if you're, right. you know, if you're in the country that you came from, well, no problem. But if you're overseas, um, it depends on who your carrier is. Uh, T-Mobile, for example, has free roaming uh, pretty much everywhere in the world. If you're on one of their um, mm -hmm. more, you know, higher, not higher end plans, but you know, one of their one of their better plans, I guess. Right. Um, and uh, Google Fi or Google Fee is another one that does uh, it does a similar sort of thing. Okay. If you're not on an if you're not on an affordable roaming plan, and unfortunately, a lot of people are not. Um, then the best way to do it is is you know, just find you know, borrow some Wi-Fi, find some Wi-Fi if you can. Okay. Um, uh, you can buy local SIM cards, so you basically you know, replace the the card in your phone with uh, one from a local provider. But if you've just turned up somewhere and you know, in an emergency, you probably haven't got around to doing that yet. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So you're better off to uh, you're better off to you know, just try and borrow the hotel Wi-Fi. And let's face it, if they've just um, messed you around by not giving you the room you thought you had, the least they can do is give you their Wi-Fi password. Exactly. Perfect. Okay. That that helps a lot. So, what are some of the other ones? Um, another one that I use um, a lot is an app called Tripit, T-R-I-P-I-T, mm -hmm. um, and it, it does. It's almost uh, the, the the emergencies part of it is actually sort of a, a secondary part of what it does. It's essentially a um, an itinerary making app, um, and so it it you forward your email confirmations to it for your hotel or your rental car or your uh, flights or you know whatever it is that you're doing. And it pulls them all to together in one place into a nice organized itinerary that tells you where you need to be and what the address is and how to get there and what time you should check out and what time your flight is and all the sort of useful stuff that you know you want to know and doesn't require 10,000 pieces of paper floating around in your bag. Um, but it has a feature if you use the paid version of it that will also alert you to any flight delays and give you or for cancellations and give you alternative options. Nice. Um, and that's flight delays all through your itinerary. So even if you are currently in New York and you're flying to, you know, whatever, London via Dubai or something, uh, well, no, the other way around, you know, you wouldn't, uh, it, it would tell you anywhere along the chain that there was, that there was an, a, possibly a problem. Um, right. And, you know, say, okay, you, you're going to miss your connection or, you know, the flight's been cancelled or whatever it's going to be. Here's some alternative options for you. Um that can come in handy. That can really come in handy, especially with the delays we've been having here recently. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, it's and obviously that feature is geared towards business travelers, especially who tend to be traveling on more flexible tickets. But even then, you know, for for um, for, for uh, personal travel, you know, you, at least you know that there's a problem and you can do something about it rather than finding out when you get to the gate uh, at the other end and discover, oh, you know, the flight's four hours delayed and now I'm really in trouble. Yeah. Um, it'll also even just do more basic things like tell you when there's been a gate change. Uh, or, you know, when if you're in a big airport, uh, you know, one end of the airport, it's actually really useful to know on your phone immediately that there's been a gate change rather than sort of yes. figure it out eventually and have to run <laughs> to the place, you know, to, to the other end of the terminal. Exactly. <laughs> that happened to my husband just last week coming back from Detroit. 
Yeah, it happened to me uh, a few days ago. You know, I mean, thankfully the gate wasn't that far away, but you know, my phone told me long before the screens uh, at the airport did. So it was uh, it was definitely useful. Perfect. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Because that that's yeah, something I mean, that 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 happens on a regular basis. And if if oh, people can can if people can get their itinerary, in, <laughs> yeah, if you can get your itinerary in one place, that's just you know perfect. I mean, it's useful for all sorts of things too, and this ties into what we were sort of briefly touching on before about you know, not necessarily having roaming uh, data or any sort of internet access available uh, when you need it. Is TripIt? I mean, that that bit doesn't work offline, obviously, because it needs to tell you, you know, immediately right at that point yeah. there's a problem. But but the rest of it does. And so you have your confirmation numbers and your hotel address and all the sort of stuff right there on your phone with no internet access required. So you can show it to the taxi driver or you can, you know, you can show it to, you know, tell it to the person at the check-in uh, at the airport and you've got all the information at hand without having to sort of, you know, suddenly get connected to find out where you're supposed to go or what flight, what, where your flight number is or whether you actually did book that checked luggage that you think you did, but they don't think you did. You mm-hmm. know, all, all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's super useful, and I, you know, like, I mean, I've been using this for, for years and years and years, and it's always on my phone. And I, I, I never, you know, it's basically the first app I install on my phone, just about. Well, it's going to be on mine as of today. That's a good one. <laughs> what about when your credit cards don't work? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, the credit card not working thing. Is, there's all sorts of reasons why that can happen. Um, you know, maybe you didn't tell your bank uh, that you were going overseas. Maybe your mm-hmm. bank didn't really register it properly that you, where you were going, or maybe they think that something's fraudulent. I mean, this happens to me a lot more often than I like it to, despite me having told my bank that I'm traveling all the time. Um, and they're like, oh, yeah, we thought we'd just sort of put a hole on your card because we felt like it. Oh, um, no. <laughs> and so what I tend to do with it, there's not, there's not much you can do to prevent it other than the things I just talked about, but what I do is have a scanned copy of um, both sides of my credit card and I have it saved um, password protected and so on obviously uh, but on my uh, on my phone in in, in, um, in in Dropbox and cloud storage and that means that it's it's always I have all of my cards information available even if I don't physically have the card with me so because I don't right. carry all my different cards with me when I travel the reason why that matters is that if your cards have been cancelled then all of a sudden you're really in trouble because you can't use them for anything. And if you're relying anything, on them, yeah. you know, you, you, you're really in, in trouble. So because I have these scans of my credit card, I can use those to book any online uh, right. thing I need to book. So I can book a flight, I can book a hotel, I can book, you know, a bus ticket, whatever I need to do to deal with the immediate situation. I have the information right there at hand, even though I don't have the physical card on me. So it can't be stolen from me, but I have the information I need to do anything online. Obviously, you can't use it in person. Right. But you know, that, that's less of a concern. The concern for me is like you know, getting flight, from place to hotel, place, having somewhere yeah. to stay right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, yeah, even, even paying for dinner, even, you know, like as long as they can, they're happy to tap the numbers in uh, mm. to, to the credit card machine, you, can, you know, whatever. So it, it's, it's stuff like that that sort of just deals with that, that nasty situation where you know, your cards don't work or your wallet got stolen or something happened um, and you don't have any way of paying for stuff. That's a great idea. Dropbox. Dropbox. So, 
Yeah, and, and, and again, make sure, you know, it needs to be passworded, you know, I mean, this, this is like sensitive information, so you need to make sure it's not easy to, to, for other people to get at, but, you know, the, the, right. the benefits outweigh the, the negatives. The key is not to lose the phone. The key is not to lose the phone, but again, if it's in Dropbox, <laughs> even then, you can access your Dropbox from true. somebody from else's a phone or a laptop mm-hmm. or, you know, somewhere else, right? So mm-hmm. it's not the end. It's not the end of the world, even though. True. That's true. So what about like um, accidents? We, we, God forbid anything ever happened to us on vacation, but occasionally it does. Mm-hmm. And I know you've mentioned that illnesses or injury or that type of thing. Yeah, you know, and uh, while we all hope it doesn't happen, but, you know, it does. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, the the first thing before we even worry about any of the apps is to make sure you've got travel insurance that covers you for this stuff. Um, Amen. An app is one thing, but, uh, you know, an app is not going to help you when you break your leg very much. So, Mm -hmm. and it's certainly not going to pay for it either. Um, So, uh, (laughs) travel insurance before, before we go any further down that track. But, you know, I, I typically have, um, well, various apps, but the, the, the American Red Cross has a uh, first aid app, which is, is really nice, really simple, um, but it has, like, instructions on how to deal with health emergencies, okay. uh, including, like, video video training and video information. So, and it's available offline, so you don't, again, you don't need to have data and when you're just falling off a mountain in the middle of nowhere. Okay. Um, and so that's super useful, and it deals with a lot of you know, common and less common um, health problems yeah. and injuries, uh, just to give you know basic first aid. So right. You, know, you, know, you or someone around you can help uh, in the event of a problem. Um, if you've got allergies, there's an app called Allergy FT, uh, which um, it depends on the language, but in a bunch of different languages, it lets you it translates different food allergies. So even if you don't speak French or Spanish or German or whatever. You can just literally show this message on your phone to you know, whoever you need to show it to, the, the person at the restaurant or a street vendor or someone, and say, hey, you know, I can't eat peanuts. I can't have you know, gluten. I can't have whatever. Um, and it would just say... That is good. It's really useful. And again, you know, for people who don't have allergies, no problem. But if you do, and especially if you're someone you don't speak the language, um, right. You know, that's real. It's traveling becomes you know, easing me out because it becomes risky, especially if it's a life-threatening um, allergy, as it can be. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, so that app's really useful, Allergy FT. Um, I like that. You know, main... that is something I've never thought about because I don't have food allergies, but people live with that all the time. And I've never, even in sending, you know, my background is I'm a travel agent and have been in the business 22 years, but even when sending clients, you know, I I have made concessions when I'm responsible for booking um, a meal or something for a family, or if they're going on a cruise, you can say, you know, they have food allergies. But I've never thought about the fact that they could be walking down the street and want to taste some of the local fare, and then they have to be conscious of that. That's a really yeah, good app. I'm, I'm going to... I'm going to put it, that it, on my it, website. It really is. Yeah, it really is. I mean, uh, you know, especially well, I mean, almost anywhere in the world, you know, like you don't necessarily know exactly what's going into the food, not in terms of like, you know, the quality of True. it, but just right. you know, what what's in it. Uh, if, you're not, if you're not familiar with the dish or you can't speak the language to ask, you know, and, and I mean, it, it's an empowering thing too, because it gives people the confidence to eat 
you know, to try these things. Whereas normally they'd be like, ah, you know, I don't know what's in it. I can't, I can't take the risk. Right. Um, so if they can communicate, you know, does this have this thing in it? I can't eat it. It makes me sick. Um, then they can, then they can, you know, eat it with confidence or a lot more confidence anyway. That's good. That's a really good one. Super good. And then there's, well, theft and loss. We, I'm sure there, there are there some quick ones you can talk about that because I kind of really want to get into some of your other ones, um, um, things to have on your phone when you're just traveling in general. But are there some, like losing your passport, I always tell people to make sure they have a copy of their passport and, and they have, and some family member has a copy of their passport, but there's an app that we can keep up with that? No, honestly, it's really the same thing as what we talked about before with the credit cards. Okay. I, I just use Dropbox for this stuff and I just have copies of okay. all the important information in, in, in there. I mean, it doesn't have to be Dropbox. It can be your you know, your cloud server of choice. Right. Um, but Dropbox is free and simple to use and works almost anywhere. So um, that tends to be the kind of thing that I use. Um, and just, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, you know, it's a simple thing, but just copies of literally almost everything in your, in your wallet mm -hmm. um, and or on your person, you know, so your, your passport, your credit cards, your driver's license, just like scan it all because you never know when you're going to need to use it. And so if you true. have a copy, life life gets easier. You know, if you don't have a copy, you know, if, you, if you're in the middle of nowhere and, you know, there's no embassy around or you can't, you know, whatever the problem is, like no ID, no money, no cards. Right. It's a big problem. <laughs> That's good. And so then you've got, uh, you've got um, 25 great travel offline apps for your next trip. And we don't have to go through all 25 of them. But what are some of the the apps that you think are really cool for when people are are taking long flights or um, going out of the country? Mm. Um, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll show you pick a few of them, um, and a couple of them we've actually talked about already because they they do work offline either you know fully or partially. Mm -hmm. um, what one that I again it, it's probably the second one I installed after TripIt um, is called. XE currency and there's a lot of currency apps out there but like this one I don't know I, I don't know how many years it's been around for mm -hmm. um, I don't even I, I first came across it I, I really don't know like many many years ago um, and I still keep using it because it just works and it's super simple um, and and it works offline so basically all you need to do is say uh, okay I'm going to these countries with this company that use this currency, uh, you know, load them all up ahead of time. Um, and then it will save all of the exchange rates. And when you get to where you're going, you load the app, you put in however much money it is in the local currency, and it converts it to all the others that are on, that you've saved in the app, including obviously US dollars, but it, you know, anything else, it just converts everything to everything else automatically, like no, no like no steps required. Right. Um, and tells you, you know, Hey, that uh, you know, nine million Vietnamese dong, whatever is actually right. you know, <laughs> have much money it is, um, and because yeah, keep, I mean, it's fine. You know, things like you know, euros and pounds and whatever are pretty easy to, to to convert between. But some of the some of the other currencies where it's like enormous numbers, it's really tricky to get your head around, it, especially under pressure and when you're tired and jet lagged and you know, just arrived in the country, and you're like, the taxi driver is quoting me that is that. Is that twenty dollars or two hundred dollars? I don't even know. Um, 
And so this current this app's like really, really easy. And it'll synchronize the latest exchange rates whenever it has a connection, but it'll save okay. them in between time. So um Perfect. Yeah, like it, and yeah, exchange rates really don't change that much you know, while you're on a one or two week trip anyway, so it doesn't even matter. Right. And then um, what are some of the other ones you use? Because you're um, on the road all the time. I, I I am, and I I mean I it, it's, it's an endless struggle for me to to like only keep the apps that I genuinely need and use because obviously especially given the nature of my size you know I could have mm-hmm. you know two hundred travel apps on my phone um, but that's not particularly useful. What? Um, <laughs> what else do I use? I use one called Pocket, um, and Pocket works uh, it works on the web and it works on the apps for every major platform. Um, and basically, it's, a, it's essentially a, a bookmarking service in a way. Um, you just save your uh, a web page, and you can do it from uh, from, the, from your web browser on your laptop, or you can do it from your phone or your tablet or whatever. Uh, and you, you know, quote, put it in your pocket. Um, and it will synchronize a copy of that uh, down to every other um, copy of the app you've got. Installed in oh, anywhere, okay. so you save it on your on your laptop, and it saves it, and then it syncs it to your phone and your tablet, or whatever else you've got, and it works offline from that point forward. So it's super useful for travel information. You know, if you find a, I don't know, the top ten things to do in you know Paris or wherever it is that you're going, um, you just bookmark, you know, like you click one button literally on your on your browser, and then it saves it to your phone, and then it's there when you need it. Nice. You don't need to be online. Yeah, and it's also good for overnight flights because you can find all those really long articles that you've always always want to read and never have the time to in your normal normal life. That's um, the perfect time to do it. That's the perfect time to do it because there is nothing else you can do. So yeah, I use Pocket a lot. It's a, it's a handy, a very handy app. And um, what about something for reading on? It, would Pocket be the thing that you you're reading the well, articles there, but you couldn't read books there, yeah. right? Uh, no, no. So that's just for for typically for for web pages. So for reading books, um, I mean, I I use the Kindle app, um, and that's yeah. partially because I I have a physical Kindle as well. Right, um, me too. But yeah, but the app, you know, the app synchronizes. You know, again, it syncs all your books, it syncs all your progress uh, in in those books, and so you can switch between the, you know, your Kindle if you have one, but you know, your tablet, your phone, what your your, your laptop, whatever. Um, and again, you don't need to have a once it's got there, once it's got the book, you're good to go. You don't need to do anything else. It just it just downloads, you read it, you don't need a connection. Um, super easy. So if you and you don't you don't need to have a physical Kindle. That's the key thing. So if you want to have books but you don't have the hardware for it, just use the app instead. If you've got a phone or a tablet, just use the app. There you go. That's good. Well, those are some those are some very helpful hints. And I just have a couple of other questions to ask you. You travel all the yeah, time. Sure. You've been to places, you know, all over the world. What's still on your bucket list? <laughs> uh, look, at the, the, the world's a big place. Um, I think for me, I've, I've started exploring a bit more of Africa. It's a funny thing. I, I Africa was actually one of the first places I went. Uh, when I was seven years old, I went to I went to South Africa on a family trip, um, and I've seen little bits and pieces of it over the years. But having now that I'm spending more time here in Portugal, there's right. a lot of very very cheap flights down to down to Africa. So uh, I just went to South Africa again and to Namibia 
recently. Um, nice. My my girlfriend just went to Mozambique as well, and she booked a she's just booked a flight to Tanzania today. Um, mm. so there's a lot of there's a lot of really good flights, uh, very inexpensive um, down to Africa. So you know, large chunks of Africa are still on my on my bucket list. Right. Um, but like I say, you know, the world the world's a big place, and I, I I don't know how many countries I've been to, but I know there's a lot more still to see. So uh, I know it's I'll, a, that's... I'll be doing it for a while. That's the best part about traveling. There's there's more and more to go. You know, you you can't say I don't. No one has ever done it all. Not that not to my no. knowledge, anyway. <laughs> Definitely not. Even if even if they've been to every country, they haven't been everywhere in every country. So uh... exactly, that's exactly right. So what do you like? What do you do when you travel? What what do you do? Activities or do you go for research? What what's your um. I've actually, I've actually mixed, I, I've changed things up over time. So I, I was traveling full time uh, for about five years. Um, and like I say, like I alluded to, I, I recently um, moved to Portugal to a certain extent. I mean, I, so mm -hmm. I, I, we now have a, we have a place here uh, that we, that we maintain and we have a, we have a lease on. Um, so for those five years, it was this sort of awkward balance of kind of everything was work, but everything was play, and it was all happening at the same time, and it was very hard to differentiate um, between any of it, and I didn't do any of it necessarily super well. Um, now it's much more. I, I tend to leave the laptop at home uh, when I when yeah. I travel now because it's because it's more defined periods. You know, I'll travel for two or three weeks at a time, and then I'll right. come back and I and I'll write it all up. So it's research. Um, but it's much more intensive. You know, I'm doing a lot more every day than what I was when I was trying to work and travel at the same time. So right, right. Uh, it's actually a lot more. To, to be honest, it's, it's a lot more enjoyable doing it that way. Um, of course, it balancing is balancing both. Yeah, balancing both wasn't working super well, especially after a few years of it. Yeah, I, at one time we were doing a road trip, and I was trying to. I don't know if I was blogging or I don't know what I was doing as we were traveling, as, as my husband was driving and I'd be, I was on the internet and, and it got to a point where I was missing everything that we, that I was trying to talk about because my head was down all the time. So I, and, and, I and you figure out really quickly that you need to at least observe what you're traveling through if you're going to talk about it so you can say you saw it. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Yeah, very much so. And I, you know, like, like you know, I, I I was spending a month, for example, in a in a city or a region, um, and I was seeing less of it than you know most travelers would in you know a long weekend, because right. I was working I was working so much and I was trying to do you know everything at once and it just wasn't working very well. So I've changed that up in the last year or so, and it's, it, like, everything's Perfect. working much better. It's, it's, well, it's a good I thing. do. I do appreciate you taking time. I know we were going back and forth on trying to figure out a good time for us to do this, and I do appreciate your efforts. What's a good way for people to get in contact with you if they if they want to keep up with you? Uh, probably the best way is just to visit the website, go to twomanyadapters.com, um, and you know have a browse around, see what you like. And if you want to get in touch with me personally, the the contact form there goes it's my inbox so uh feel free to ask ask questions or uh, you know fire away with whatever whatever's on your mind i'm always i i read them all and i i, I reply to them all as well perfect thank you so much for for joining us today i appreciate it dave no problem no problem Thanks. at all great to chat. i'm gonna take another quick break this is your bucket list buster and we'll be back in a minute 
This is your bucket list buster on eWomen Network on Block Talk Radio. Welcome back to your bucket list busters. This is Karen Duncan, and I have a super great um, speaker with us today, Russ Rofer of Bike Tour Finder. I kind of stumbled upon uh, Russ, and and that seems to be a a trend with me right now, but as I do my research for the shows, I'm looking for things that are different, things, the uh, opportunity, travel opportunities that people are, have ask me about in the past or there's beginning to ask me about and this is kind of a soft adventure so russ how are you today i'm good thank you good 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 so tell me about yourself what what created bike tour finders well i've been in the publishing business for i don't know 25 or 30 years and i've been a cyclist and uh probably around 2013 or 2014, I would learn about bike tours and bike rides, weekend rides and week-long rides from friends. And uh, But when I went online, I didn't really see anything other than some boring lists. So I thought, gee, I wonder if there are other people like me that are interested in taking vacations with their bikes. So I thought, well, an easy way to see if anyone was interested was to start a Facebook page. So in, uh, we started a Facebook page and uh, um, we now have about 13,000 people that like our Facebook page called the uh, Bike Tour Finder. And we post uh, five, probably four or five times a week about different kinds of rides and tours and races and vacations that we come across. And People seem to like it. So um, once we got to probably about 8,000 likes, we thought, well, gee, maybe we could build a website and mm. and turn it into a business. Now, it hasn't really turned into a business yet, but it's a, <laughs> a passion. It's a passion of ours, and people like it, and, and at some point it will be. There you go. Passion is what uh, has prompted me to do what I do right now. So it, it'll get there for both of us at right. some point. But that's good. So you have you been writing all of your life? I started in in college, uh, and then <clears throat> then I started uh, right after I got married, or soon after I got married, I started racing in triathlons because I uh, gained some weight mm. after getting married and. Thought well, gee, I'm a, I know how to swim and I like to run and I like cycling and this is something I could do, and so I did that for ten years and then I started traveling a lot for my job and it and I gained weight and I got <laughs> and it it just it it wasn't working as well anymore and then uh, a friend of mine showed up in my house one day with a with his mountain bike and said let's go for a ride and that was probably ten years ago. Wow. So from there it. Uh, took off. I've been to Italy with this uh, friend of mine. I've been to Colorado with him. I've been uh, I've been to other places. It's it's a great way to take a vacation. That is so does your wife travel with you that way? She also does. And uh and uh my friend's wife was a cyclist and uh she was a good friend of my uh my wife and so she got her involved. So now uh uh the four of us take vacations 
and and with other friends too. So they oh, ride yeah. together, and then I ride with my friend, and and they ride at a different pace than I do, and and uh, right, they ride and talk. Y'all guys tend right. to just ride. Right, correct. Because <laughs> if you're talking, you're not riding. <laughs> well, you're slowly riding. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're just you're enjoying the the um, views of wherever it is that you're that you're riding. So this type of um, riding riding like this can be for all levels, right? Oh yes. <clears throat> In fact, what I'm finding, and I, I attend uh, uh, expos around the Chicago area and other places. Uh, but I was uh, I was at an expo in January, uh, which is a used bike and bike parts kind of expo, like a bike swap, mm-hmm. in uh, January in the Chicago area, and and uh, <clears throat> we had some visitors come to our table for bike tour finder, and they said, you know, there are six of us. We've never taken a bike tour, but we all want to go on vacation together, and we want to try this, and and so tell us what should we be looking for. So these are people that had never been on a bike tour vacation, but they're interested in it and they're active and they don't want to sit on a beach and drink rum all day. Right. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, I I had not thought about this until you just now, but the very first time I went to Jamaica, my ex and I took some of the bike, went on a bike tour that the resort was offering into the city of Negril. And I've never done that since then. That's, that's quite, that's a revelation for me all of a sudden. And, you know, that's called a bike tour, isn't it? <laughs> yep. Yep. In fact, I know, um, uh, I know a woman who organizes bike tours in Jamaica. And she has a four-day bike tour in April and a four-day bike tour in November. And now she's starting in Cuba. Oh, wow. And she has all sorts of people that do it. Yeah, because most people are afraid. You know, I don't ride right now. And I keep, you know, you and I have had this conversation. I said, I'd be interested in doing it, but I'm afraid to... You know, when I go to a destination because I don't ride, um, I'm concerned about being able to make the complete ride and or holding people back that are used to riding. Well, we went to Italy in September and there was a, a couple uh, from Arizona and she didn't even have bike shoes. So normally right. you have bike shoes and you clip into your pedals. She didn't. She had running shoes. Mm-hmm. And I think what she just did was to try to get into shape for her bike riding. And 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 where we were, there were three different groups every day. There was a super fast group, then there was a medium group, and then there was a, a slower group. And they did most of the same routes because we would meet them at, at different coffee stops and lunch stops. But uh, she had a great time, and she just rode a little bit slower, and she mm-hmm. rode with her sneakers, and and she loved it. So this is a whole new form of vacationing for people. That's what I think. And it's and people who who can't run very much anymore, maybe they don't right. want to run, maybe their knees hurt, maybe they gain a little bit of weight. I mean, you can you can be overweight and, and ride a bike. You can ride through Sonoma and with a hybrid bike and have a great day just riding 20 miles. 
Okay. It doesn't so, have to be some hammer fest race every day. Right. So that and that's the other concern. A lot of people generally have, but just like I was saying, the resort had bikes that they offered. A, it, it was a short. I think it's seven miles to Negril from the resort that we were in. So you know, fourteen there and back, which is not a long distance, but just right for somebody that's sort of in shape. Right. You have to have some level of fitness, don't you? Yes, I think so. But but usually um if you have a if you have a vacation coming up, you'll mm-hmm. you'll get prepared for it and it can be as much as it can be taking spinning classes at your local YMCA. I love spin so. class. I do like a spin class. So what type of tours are available? Well, you can do uh we went to uh, Italy. We stayed in a hotel, a bike-friendly hotel, and the owners uh uh, led tours every day uh, out of the hotel, and we were in an area of Italy where you could go into the mountains, you could go along the lake, and in this case it was Lake Garda. You could go through the wineries or the olive groves. Uh, one day we went, we rode into Verona, into the city of Verona, and rode right through the city, and the cars mm-hmm. were very friendly. And so you can do a, a, to- a tour where you're at one destination. You can do the more traditional tours are either guided tours or self-guided tours. A guided tour, you'll have a guide with you, and you mm-hmm. go from city to city. Sometimes you'll stay in one city for two days or a town, and then all your 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 luggage will be packed up and then shipped off to the next city, and then you ride to that city. Mm-hmm. And so uh, these are more expensive because you have a guide with you that right. can uh make sure everyone's safe it can point the guide can point out uh, uh sightseeing landmarks historical areas um so that's a guided tour you can have a self guided tour where the tour company sets up all the hotels they set up the uh the meals they have maps and usually they're on little gps units that are on your bike just like in your car right uh there's always a uh, a van nearby in case someone something happens you need a mechanical fix um and then and then um there are uh, there are uh, and these can be anything from a road bike to a mountain bike to a hybrid um and then there are rides uh, like grand fondos yeah what is a weekend, grand fondo it's it's a weekend kind of festival so that it might be uh, an event on Friday night and then an expo and events and, and live entertainment on Saturday. And then on Sunday, usually they'll have the organized ride and it can be anywhere from 20 miles to a hundred miles. And then there's usually a meal afterwards with more entertainment. Mm -hmm. So it's like a weekend festival. That's fun. Um, And then there, then there, the last thing are rides like uh, Ride the Rockies, which would be, in this case, Ride the Rockies is a nonprofit ride, and and you go from town to town, outside of Denver in the Rocky Mountains, and uh, and with Ride the Rockies, there are two thousand people. It's so popular that it's a lottery, and uh, you meet all sorts of really interesting people. And the last one we did, we were riding next to a woman who was seventy-five years old. And she was riding with her grandkids. Oh, and wow. then you see the, the heavy-duty racers, and then you see you know people like us just trying to enjoy the time and the scenery. So I, so let's talk about the different types of bikes that are available. Um, 
how would a person that's wanting to get started, where would they start in terms of if they wanted to practice for one of these trips, what would you recommend the type of bike they should be riding or does it matter? Well, I don't think it really matters. You can uh, anyone can get a hybrid bike with a with a handlebar that's flat. They call it a flat bar bike, and that's mm-hmm. the kind of bike you can ride around town. And you can ride around town. You can, depending on where you live, there are bike trails, paved bike right. trails, walking trails, so you can you can stay away from traffic and do that. You can get a road bike which has the handlebars that curve down. Um, there are all sorts of bike shops that offer classes on what they call CompuTrainers. So you bring your bike, you hook it up to a computer, and there may be eight of you in the room, and you can ride a course, which will include hills, and and you can ride with all these other people, and you can see how you're doing against them. And then there's That's training great... while you're on the bike. That's a great idea. That That's really good. I'm, I'm, I've been looking at your your website, and I'm looking at this single day bike tour that um, they do in Fort Collins. So this goes on all year, and it's a beer and bike tour. Well, it doesn't go on in the winter too often, but but what uh, Fort Collins has a, a 15 or so breweries, and and this guy who's a who happens to be a friend of mine has set up these tours where you have these hybrid bikes and it's you're not going very fast but you're going from brewery to brewery and you get to a brewery and someone comes and speaks about the type of beer and then you get a sample of the beer and then you go to another brewery and then you go to another brewery now you're not drinking a lot of beer you're just drinking right you're just tasting it yeah exactly um and and those are very popular in fact the the big tour companies are now offering those types of tours. In fact, the guy uh, that offers these tours in Fort Collins, he has one going to Japan in the spring. Wow. So you could actually check off destinations on your bucket list while riding. Yep. Yep. I like it. and, And what's so nice about doing it on a bike is it's faster than walking. And but you can mm-hmm. still get twenty, thirty, forty, fifty miles in a day, and that's that's plenty of miles to see all sorts of beautiful scenery. And and right. you're not in a car, you know, you're not going sixty. Mm-hmm. And you meet so many interesting people. Um, yeah, I would imagine. And so, where are some of the other destinations that you can do some bike riding? Some of these well, tours. Uh, I learned uh, recently, and I'll have a newsletter coming out uh, maybe today or tomorrow or or early next week, about uh, uh, bike riding in Romania. And Romania's got some huge historical significance in in all the castles. And um, and I I can't remember all the other things, but it's it's supposed to be beautiful. And you stay in these little B&Bs. It's very rustic. If you want luxury, it's not the place to go. Um, And... And there are, uh, in the last month, I found two Cuba tours. Nice. So Cuba's popping up. And then, of course, in the wintertime in North America, you can go to South America. Mm-hmm. You can go to the winery Australia. areas of Chile. Um, you can go to Vietnam. You can go to New Zealand. Uh, you can go anywhere in the world. That's amazing. And you can go that... in your backyard. You can be up in Michigan. <laughs> Yeah. 
You know, Austin is a is a big biking town, and um, we see a lot of bikers around here. And we have so much land here in Texas that still has not been developed. So you see people on the on some of the um, more rural roads, um, as well as in the city. We're kind of having some growing pains here because we're our bikers are growing as we grow and the um, traffic is not as friendly as in some of the other towns where bikers are, are out a lot like Chicago, but you don't have a lot of bikers aren't the, the, the most polite either. Well, yeah, everybody's got to learn to share. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's got to learn to share. So how expensive or inexpensive are, are these types of trips? Well, you can take um, uh, Ride the Rockies, this nonprofit organized uh, six and seven day trip. You can you can sleep in a tent. You can bring your mm. own tent. You can have a tent service bring you a t- take your tent from town to town. And wow. I think it costs five hundred dollars or six hundred dollars to do Ride the Rockies, and then you're responsible for your own expenses. But in every town, they have a, they have a barbecue, they have a cookout, they have something going on. Um, you can so you could spend probably a thousand dollars a week, or you can go and 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 book a tour with Butterfield and Robinson and spend nine thousand dollars a week and and stay on a uh, stay on your own ship cruising wow. around the Adriatic Sea off of Croatia. So there's a That's whole range. And and then if you and typically if if you want to ride with your friends and you want to ride on your schedule. Well, then sometimes it's good to look at a self-guided tour where all the arrangements are are made for you, but you ride with your group and you get up when you want to get up. And you don't have a tour guide, but, you know, maybe you don't need one. Right. Would that be for riders that are a little more sophisticated that have been riding for a while? I don't think so. I don't think you have to be. There there are self-guided tours that that don't have long distances. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, they make it very easy, and you're always accessible to uh, uh, some mechanical help or a van to come and pick you up if you get too tired. Right. Well, you have you have really piqued my curiosity. I have some friends that um, have been traveling and doing some biking. Um, I didn't know that they were bikers like that. I I knew they biked a little bit around Austin. But they um, have not gone on some of tri- some of the trips that I've gone on because they said they like to do more biking when they're in a de- destination, and I wasn't there yet. So this is th- I, maybe this is going to inspire me to do a little more biking or start biking. I'm not doing any right now, but we're going to keep up with you. How can people find you? Uh, our website is biketourfinder.com. And our Facebook page, um, which you can like, uh, is uh, Bike Tour Finder also. So you type in facebook.com forward slash Bike Tour Finder. And then if uh, if anyone wants to ask me questions, uh, you'll see my contact information on uh, both the website and uh, Facebook, and uh, along with my phone number. Anyone can always call me. I enjoy uh, helping and guiding people. Well, I think we need to stay in contact and have you back on again. Um, maybe we start our own little club ba- um, from I'd your bucket to. list buster and see if we can't get some people to 
be inspired to do some biking and some destinations. I may even try to see if my husband will ride a bike with me. That that could be so. If beer is included, he may do it. Well, it's uh, this trip we took to Italy last year was uh, started off as just me and my wife, and by the time we were finished, we had nine people, <gasps> nine people wow. going, and so I was the the official uh, bike tour concierge. <laughs> That's a good name for you. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Russ, for coming on today. And like I said, we'll have you back on because so, this is this is a topic we could probably go on for a long time. I could speak for hours on it. Perfect. Well, you have a fantastic day. And you too. thank you very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's let's uh, talk again. Well, you've been listening to your Bucket List Buster. We've run out of time. But remember, travel recharges your mind, body, and soul. You deserve it. Your Bucket List Buster, here to help you start living your dreams. See you next week.